Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a, just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything, because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee, so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. (laughs) That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintage colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hey everyone, welcome to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. I'm Matt. I'm Dory. Here we are. It's Sunday. The sound you hear is sirens. Yep, yep, yep. Let's see. How do we address this? Do we address it? We're fine, if anyone was wondering. (laughs) We're very close to a lot of the uh, hot action in Los Angeles, all throughout the uh, Melrose Corridor, Mm -hmm. as I'm calling it. (laughs) <laughs> the Fairfax district, I believe also yes, is yes. something they refer to it as. Yes. Um, but yeah, it was not, uh, not a, not a, not a fun night. I would say a lot of worry, a lot of being up late, you know? Um, but you know, I should also say that we, well, I don't want to speak for you, but I support the right of people to protest. A hundred percent. I support the protesters. Yes. Support with their I support everyone protesting. protesting. I don't support looting of uh, businesses and uh, fires that could be dangerous for people who uh, may not be the targets of your uh, protests. Um, and on the Forever 35 website, we have a list of resources if you want to do more anti-racism work um, get involved in that yeah kind of <coughs> that kind of stuff so go on and the more supportive voices the uh, less likely this kind of thing escalating to uh, beyond peaceful uh, <laughs> is but anyway it was it was a long night of fire helicopters and sirens and sort of watching the news and seeing the news and sort of seeing what I heard four seconds before as far as like glasses smashing and stuff like that. So it was a little, uh, you know, with a one-year-old in the house and a dog who sleeps through everything, it was a little, uh, 
not a great night for being a dad. (laughs) (coughs) Sorry, everyone. I don't know what's going on with my wife. I don't know. Something in my throat. Okay. Um, So, other than that, we had a call with Dr. Kelly Beck. We had a, a Skype with her earlier in the week. And guess what, everyone? Dory has an appointment tomorrow. Yeah. At good old California Fertility Partners. Can't wait to see how much parking costs. Oh, boy. It's going to cost something. Yeah, but I bet we will be able to get street parking because no one's going to be out. You never know. I guess that's true. <laughs> but I feel like there will be less um, Yeah, I mean, there is a gym over there that was taking up quite a bit of it, and I don't think gyms have reopened yet, have they? There's a gym over there? Yes. There's a gym across the street to the right. Oh, sure, sure. And there's that big um, building that has a lot of consulates. Yeah. That's like just across the street that I assume. So what I'm hoping is like there's less traffic. That's what I'm saying. Slash parking. Yeah. But also, I'll be curious to see if their parking sign is up. $7. Valet. That's probably up to 10 <clears throat> Oh, it's got to be. Uh, so yeah, we talked to uh, Dr. Beck. We're going to have Dory uh, take, take a look at there. We're going we're gonna to give her the old uh, squirt some gel ultrasound um we'll see what to do in before there are any further steps but yeah here we are again it feels like i mean well i've i've been the voice of pessimism yes so as i said to andy just now when i finished that recording i said oh i'm cautiously pessimistic So uh, that would, that's exactly how I would describe Dory uh, in regards to this whole uh, idea of doing IVF again. Well, what were you cautiously pessimistic about? Uh, the next episode of Star Trek Voyager. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, you know, very different things. Sure. Um, but I thought when you said that, I thought you had been discussing Dr. Kelly Beck with Andy. No. And I was like, huh, okay. No, no it was because I, you know, our podcasts are so long. I don't have a ton of time for chit chat when I'm up against it with another podcast. Right, right, right. So, uh, that being said, I don't know. I mean, it's sort of a wait and see situation as these all are always. Everything's a test and wait, test and wait, test and wait, test and wait. Ka-ching, 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 ka-ching. <coughs> and as I said to Dory yesterday, I was like, should we feel a little bad that we have brought Henry into the world and the world is falling apart at the seams? It's a, it's a legitimate question. So I ask it, <laughs> should we? I kind of do. <sighs> I don't know. Okay. I don't have an answer. I mean, you should think about, maybe you, I would like you to have an answer by the time we decide whether or not we want to bring another child into this. I mean, it's definitely a concern. Yeah. Um, I also do believe that like, as people who have the ability to think critically and to question authority and challenge power structures and affect change that we, not that we have a responsibility to bring people into the world, but that we would presumably bring people into the world who will be able to do all of those things also. Mm -hmm. And God knows there's enough people who think very in very backwards ways who are having gajillions of children right now. Yeah. Sure. Um, uh, so you're describing it as a as a baby arms race. Kind of. So you can make those baby arms. <laughs> I mean, no, but like, you know, I think we have a responsibility to raise a child who will be kind and generous and open-minded and also want to make the world a better place yes well then he'll just like star trek and he'll learn all of that there you go (sighs) so that's 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 that then (laughs) i mean we'll keep you all posted no i just don't i mean it's like we really uh, there's been real no real discussion (laughs) on our parts she's a mess right now she's yawning (laughs) she's coughing she's thirsty i'm not yawning you were yawning um again we well also like dory was up very late last night she i didn't I mean, we were talking light was still on at like twelve thirty in the morning yeah i don't think i went to bed before one yeah and then you got up 
like a valiant uh, uh, mother and, and, and got our son and then pulled the old Matt when Matt's super tired. That's exactly what I do. Get him up, change him, say hello, hang out a little bit, go in the playroom. <laughs> I was like, stay in the playroom with him while I sleep. I was like, Henry, I'm not going to read to you anymore. I read to him like 20 times. And yeah. then I was like, Henry, I need to close my eyes for a few minutes. Yeah. And he was like, eh, 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 eh. And I kept being like, Henry, I will read to you later, but I'm not going to read to you right now. And finally he was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily it's a, it's, you know, it's this is safe, uh, playroom right so you we can i got a blanket from the living room we can literally <laughs> fall asleep in there and he will not hurt himself right um but yeah it was funny to wake up this morning <laughs> and see you just laying down relaxing uh, i was I, like good for you i couldn't keep my eyes open of course uh dory needs like 1200 hours of sleep so i mean ideally i would get nine hours of sleep a night but I can function on seven to seven and a half. I can function on two. You barely function on two. Uh, yes, but I can function. Mm-hmm. And like midday, I'll be like, sort of forget about the tiredness. I oh can't no, do she's that. doing it. She's doing it again, guys. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, okay. So just a reminder you can join our facebook group it's at facebook.com slash group slash excellent adventure and please email us at dorianmatt at gmail.com matt and dory at gmail.com call us at 413-461-BABY uh, we might play your voicemail on the show um, this first message came in through instagram dm to me hot off the grams i don't typically use Instagram DMS in the podcast, but this one had such an important piece of information that I felt that it was crucial. Okay, go ahead. Hi, just wanted to tell you that religious Jews don't use a jerk off room. I'm listening. There's a fertility condom. You just have regular sex and bring it in a cup to them. I'm sure your doctor has heard about this and you could use the option too. If Matt wants sex at home, you have up to an hour and it's fine. I've successfully done this four times. But then my worry is like traffic. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? When like, who knows when we'll be, when that is the stage in which we have, uh, gotten to like, hopefully by then everything. Yeah, but egg retrievals are always super early in the morning. So presumably there wouldn't really be traffic. So that would mean that, like, you'd be going in for your egg retrieval. We'd have to hit it. Yep. And quit and it. And then we'd have to book it to CFP. <laughs> this seems like another layer of stress that is <laughs> unnecessary. <sighs> uh, I can't believe that we've been doing this podcast for over two and a half years, and this is the first time this has come up. That's so true. You know? Where are you? Where are you, where are you Mordecai, come on. I feel like well, he would be think, in the know. I don't know. think Mordecai did IVF. No, I know, but I feel like he would have friends. It would be right, like, so he would know. Yeah. Um, I mean, this makes sense because I do think there is a prohibition against um, wasting your sperm, like wasting your seed. Well, there's a great Monty Python song about it. Oh. If a sperm is wasted, God goes quite irate. Well, I think that's the, <laughs> that's the principle behind this, which is why... You're not supposed to have sex with your wife when she has her period and then for a week after because that's like her least fertile time. Gotcha. So really minimizing waste. Correct. Interesting. I'm very wasteful. Which also raises the question of like, what happens after a woman goes into menopause? Are you allowed to still have sex? Or is that still wasted seed? I'm sure there's a Bible passage about how you just find yourself a younger concubine. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. You know, the Bible. <laughs> um, okay. Written by them for them. <laughs> so this first email is from Melinda. A few interesting things came up in the last episode that all intersect with my life. So I thought I would write in. I work in special education, early intervention specifically, so helping families with kiddos Henry's age with special needs to grow and develop while they are too, while they are too young for school have an only child and he is homeschooled primarily by his father who already worked from home part-time pre-COVID. So I feel like I can speak to at least some of the things you were asking about last week. Also, I know this is super long and feel free to read all and none or whatever parts float your boat. Listen, all the parts floated my boat. There we go. I know from talking with friends and colleagues who work with and have kids with special needs 
that how the isolation period is going varies greatly from child to child. Some are really struggling because they require a lot of support in school to access their education, like an aid, a sensory room to take breaks in, or other specialized technology that may be difficult to access right now. I've seen a lot of schools trying hard to find ways to reach out and connect, but it can be challenging for parents who are supposed to be working at home and caring for siblings to also provide a child with special needs with the one-to-one support they may need to participate in something like Zoom. Life is just not meant to be this way. Other kids really are doing great. The quarantine has allowed them to have an extended break from pressures that are really challenging to them, like tight schedules, limited recess time, bullying, etc. And their anxiety has decreased, so their ability to learn increases. Just like all kids with special needs are different, how they react during this time will be different. And homeschooling right now is absolutely not like homeschooling during non-COVID times. Even though our son wasn't in school five days a week, he faced the sudden loss of his weekly co-op with other homeschooled peers, rock climbing clubs, scout meetings, playdates, all the many things we carefully plan and participate in to ensure he is engaging in socialization with others and building those critical peer interaction skills. So it's been pretty hard for a lot of us homeschool families too, just in a different way. I'm thankful we were already set up for something like this and we're able to basically continue on as we already were academically, at least as that smoothed the transition a bit. But the homeschoolers we know tend to be very active in the community and to really love when other kids are at school and we can access things like the parks and beaches and museums at quiet times, our little secret. And now no one can access those wonderful opportunities. And it's such a loss for all children, regardless of how they are educated. Hmm. Last but not least, there are a lot of things that rock about having an only child. And I would hate for you to feel even one bit guilty or like you were depriving sweet Henry by not trying for a second. If that's the choice you make ease of scheduling and travel finances, not having to split time and energy between multiple kids, no sibling rivalry. I could go on and on. There are many reasons we have an only, and it did take us years to land on that choice and feel a hundred percent okay with it. But we do. And there are so many times we've looked at each other during challenging times and said, I don't know what we would do with another kid right now. I'm so glad we have an only. There are no guarantees in life, even in families with multiple children. They don't always grow up to love and support each other. Sadly, don't we all know adults who just don't get along with their siblings? Hmm. And they don't always grow up to be in a position to care for aging parents. Some onlys love being an only and some hate it. And there's no way to predict that. Our son loves it. But suffice to say, the best reason to have another child is because the child is truly wanted and it's what works best for your family finances, health, including mental health, and only you can know that at the end of the day. I wish you all the best, whatever you decide. Send some pats for your way for Bo, some baby snuggles for Henry, and much gratitude to both of you for all you do for all of us. Melinda, in 1,700 square feet in rural Maine, on four acres, plus hubby's workshop and a soon-to-be blacksmithing forge he's building in our yard. Nice. With me, the hubs, our 11-year-old only, a loud Siamese cat, Lily, two bunnies, Ginny and Coco, and a giant tropical fish tank. Nice. Tropical fish. My dad loves tropical fish. I thought you'd be especially interested in the blacksmithing forge. I am very interested in the blacksmithing forge. I did, like, the thought went through my head of, like, what would I do with one? And then I was like, I'd I'd get to have a, I'd get a leather apron and big gloves and some nice, cool shades, and I'd just be, like, hammering things. I was like, that sounds fun. Um, a lot of, uh, reasons in there. Yeah. You know, to take, to take it to account. Yeah. Where do you fall on all of them? Um, I think that all of the things she says about, let's talk about ease of scheduling. In the pro column, I agree with all of these. Ease of scheduling and travel. Yes. Finances. Yes. Not having to split time and energy between multiple kids. Yes. No sibling rivalry. Yes. All of these things are definitely benefits. Okay. Now let's talk about the other things that she said. Um, that there are no guarantees in life. <laughs> Whatever works best for our family. Finances, health, including mental health. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? Um, finances worry me. Yeah, always. They worry me as well. Yep. Um, health, including mental health. That one's harder to assess. Do you remember when we were talking to Dylan about finally getting out of debt mm-hmm. completely? Mm-hmm. And then now we're like, let's start IVF again. It's like crazy to me. It's like, I don't really know if you know what you want. What do you mean? You want us to have a, a more of a, a financial security. You know, you want us to, obviously you want us out of debt. And, you know, we've made some great strides since IVF has stopped. Um, but we're also on a, on a, uh, in a place where, like, there's so much uncertainty in the world. And, 
you know, it's just like we're going to add this huge expense. I guess I don't. That might not pan out. I guess I just don't see it as only a huge expense. I, as I said to you, it's a thirty thousand dollar gamble. That's, I mean, so I don't know. On top of the other things of like, I know. <sighs> whatever, guys. I mean, if you say it's I whatever she wants. No, but uh, uh, if you say I really don't want to do this, which is what I'm hearing from you, I'm just like so nervous about it. The idea of the whole operation, pun intended. <laughs> I don't know. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of the heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? <laughs> but they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. <laughs> That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. I know. It's like a lot that we don't know. But like you seem to know because you keep moving the goalposts. Because I think I really want a second kid. There and you so go. The it end. It just feels That's like... It. I want to do... That's the, you, this, by the way, it's the first time you've ever said that out loud. Okay, well, I'm saying it. There you go. Here we go, everyone. Season three. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast will never end. Um, okay, so... That uh, seems like uh, a lot. Is it, is, was you going to say something in reference to Melinda's email, or were you going to move on to the next one? Because it would be a great time for a break right now. Oh, yeah, you're right. Let's take a break. All right, we're back. Um, we got a lot of emails about only children. None of them swayed you because you just made your declarative statement and then we went to break. Um, because they weren't all 
they didn't all have the same opinion. Interesting. Um, okay. So, okay. So, for example, here is an email from. You're doing a lot of scrolling. Because I put all, I put like most of the emails in here being like, I'll just sort of see how things go. I, I didn't plan on reading all of them because it's hard for me to like cut them down. Okay. So, okay. What's first? So I'm cutting them down now. So, okay. So this first email is from someone who comes down on the other side of things. Mm-hmm. Dear Matt and Dory, Matt asked for the opinion of an only child to weigh in on the question of whether to try for a sibling for Henry. I am an only child, and I'm also an IVF baby. I actually wrote in a couple years ago. My mom was a patient of Dr. Schoolcraft, who now works at CCRM. Mm-hmm. I can only speak to my own personal experience, but it is honestly one of the greatest regrets of my life that I do not have a sibling. Mm-hmm. I have friends who are only children who feel completely differently and loved having the full attention of their parents, but I wanted a sibling from the moment I understood the concept. I was very lonely as a child. My parents also divorced when I was six, so perhaps this amplified the feeling. I actually thought it would get easier as I grew up, but now as a 30-year-old, I watch friends with siblings growing closer to their brothers and sisters, forming relationships with their sibling spouses, becoming aunts and uncles. I will never have a niece or nephew. I will never be able to call my sister and chat about our parents or our babies, and I constantly feel a sense of loss and sadness about this. I now have three children. I have this many children precisely because I was an only child and my perspective as a mother is different than it was as a child. I can see how my eldest especially misses the one-on-one interaction I had as a child. I see how much my children squabble. I see how difficult it is to split my time equally amongst them. So as a parent, I can say, oh, life as an only child doesn't sound too bad. You would have so much more attention, more resources, less fights. But then I remember being that child and I would have done anything to have a playmate to share my life with. My mom becomes upset when I discuss this topic with her because she struggled for so many years with infertility and was so happy to have a baby days before her 41st birthday. She never considered trying for more. I understand that having another baby is not possible or not the best choice for everyone, but if I could go back in time and talk to my mom, I would urge her to please, please try. Uh, well, that's, uh, that's the f- a horse of a different color. Yeah. I mean, look, yeah. You also could have had siblings and 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 strongly disliked them <laughs> for sure for sure 100 percent. so i mean i don't know i mean i think this all comes down to like there are no guarantees in life yeah and i also think it's partially due to the fact that your relationship with your siblings is so good and my and is so strained yes and it's like course. i am over here like going like well you know it could go this way and it's you know not that I don't love them. I mean, they're my siblings. Of course I love them. But like, you know, it's a, they're headaches sometimes. So, it, it, and I, you know, I go years without seeing them. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't I see, I haven't seen Julie in I don't know. Well, Over I met, a decade? Did no, because I met her. You did? I don't mm-hmm. even remember that. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. <laughs> so it was five, like most it could have been is five years ago. Okay, so that was the last time I saw her. Did I see Kim? We saw, we went to Disney with Kim. When? At some point. I don't, I don't even remember. I don't remember any of these. With your nephew. By the way, I don't remember any of these things happening. <laughs> Well, it's, it's hard because like every, it's like all of my memories of them as adults happen in Disney World. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So they all mm-hmm. blend together. Sure. Was sure, that 2006 sure. or 2018? I don't right, know. Right, right, right. But to, to that point, like, yeah, it's like, I don't, it's very, Dory and I have very different relationships. We do. I'm often jealous of Dory's relationship with her siblings. Um, but you know she's cl- much closer in age to them than I am to mine, and et cetera, et cetera. Well, I'm seven years older than my sister. Hmm. And we're very. That's close. my brother and I. But we have someone in between. Yeah. We have no gap. Right. No, no bridge. Right. No, clearly your mother's favorite. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. We got a voicemail about being an only child. 
um, that I wanted to play. Dory's doing this on the fly. I'm very impressed. Well, it was just throwing it together on the fly, like a like some sort of a super producer. Not really. Hey, take the compliment. Hey, Matt and Dory. My name's Kate. I'm a Forever 35 crossover listener, and I'm an only child. Just calling to tell you guys that being an only child is actually awesome. I have never wanted siblings. When I was a kid, I never asked my parents for a little brother or sister. Mm-hmm. When I would spend time with my friends and their siblings, I always felt like that gave me the sibling experience with none of the at-home irritation. That being said, my husband has two younger brothers. They were all homeschooled, and they are super close. They have a very special relationship that I've never witnessed between adult siblings. However, if you are worried about Henry growing up potentially as an only child, I am here to inform you it is actually awesome. Hmm. Calling from Canada from a 900-square-foot house with a dubiously finished basement, (laughs) one husband... And to rescue dogs. All my best to Henry and Bo. Thanks so much. Bye. A dubious basement. <laughs> so a California basement. Uh, uh, I, I I think that part of why it wasn't a problem for you is because you're Canadian. Everything else was just, it was like, oh, life was awesome. But it's actually because you're Canadian, not because you're an only child. Um, I don't know. Look, I mean, I had a little bit of only childdom for a little yeah, while, like when I was a kid. And uh, I was like... When I was like 12, 13, 14, and it was only me. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty dope. But you're also like a pretty solitary person. By, 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 by necessity. I mean, it was like I was a kid and like my siblings were teenagers and right. out. And I'm like, oh yeah, of course I had to entertain myself. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, but like, I really enjoyed those, like those vacations with my parents, like where it was just the three of us, Mm. like going out to like Hershey park or Mm -hmm. Disney or, um, Niagara Falls or Gettysburg, like weird, you know, just like, Oh, and I like have very fond memories of those times. And like the times when I was like, and I, when they took me to Hershey park when I was 12 and I was like, I'm going to ride every roller coaster here. And like, I got my dad to ride one and I got my mother against her wishes to ride big thunder mountain once. And she was like, I hate you for doing this to me. <laughs> I was like, I goes, it like the biggest drop is 19 miles an hour. It's uh, 19 feet. She's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, yeah, I loved that time. So, you know, and also like my dad and I were very close because of that time too. Right. And you know, it's like, I don't feel like you and your siblings are particularly close to your parents. Like, in a way of like, you know, like there's like for a couple few years, it was like me and my dad all the time. You know what I mean? Well, I'll tell you, it's interesting that you say that because I feel like my sister and my mom are very close. Mm -hmm. And I think that could be in part because she also had that only child experience her whole, like all through high school. Yeah. She was the only one at home. Well, I probably did it honestly. You know, whereas when I was growing up, there were like two little kids. My dad was never home. Correct. And my mom was just like stretched really thin. Mm-hmm. And so it was different. It felt different. Yeah. Whereas like when my sister was in high school, like she had my parents to herself. She had my mom to herself. Even if they drove her crazy, like she still got mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. attention. Yeah. So it's interesting. Um, all right. Here's another email that is pro only child. Hi, Dory, Matt, Henry, and Bo. I come to you as an only child with an only child. My husband is one of six kids. Here is why being an only child is the best. One, the kid gets plenty of one-on-one time with both parents. Two, you don't know if your kids will like each other. Three, if they do end up liking each other, it seems that th- it seems like that doesn't really happen until they move out. Four, you don't need to worry that you're showing more love or affection to one of your children. Five, if you need a minute to relax, it's far easier with one kid because you outnumber them. Six, what if baby two likes things differently than Henry does? No matter how you parse the situation, there will be screaming. Seven, what if baby two doesn't sleep or doesn't eat or is hard in a different way than you can cope with? 
Eight, I've seen the dysfunction of six siblings, and you know what? Hanging out with my parents is so much nicer. <laughs> Nine, you have the ability to control how spoiled or not spoiled your only child is. You don't have the ability to control how your children will feel about each other. Being an only child is wonderful. I highly recommend it. And that's from Ariana in Quincy, Massachusetts. 1,600 square feet, one science baby, one dog, and one husband. I mean, it seems like the votes are coming in, and it's they're outweighing the try to have a second like like they're out rather it's outweighing the single the only children who've written in saying that they regret being only children Mm -hmm. yeah that's what i would say that's just this is an informal poll thank you for participating (laughs) um okay another email from marina who is an only child who has two small kids Mm -hmm. I think I'm both cool and weird, depending on who you ask and the time of day. <laughs> Remember you asked? Yes. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not sure how much of it is because of my only child status. In any case, honestly, I was a bit lonely as a kid, but as I got to college and then as an adult, I love, love, love being an only child. I have my parents all to myself to help with childcare. See, two small kids. I've made some really good friends and I've been with my husband for a long time, so I don't feel lonely at all anymore. As for the listener's concern that I'm the only one who will be around to take care of my parents, well, yes, I will be their only child, but I have my husband for support. I have my friends for support, and my parents' finances, due to fewer kids to pay for, will hopefully enable them to be comfortable when they age. Hmm. On the other side, I do have two small kids, ages four and one and a half, so super fun in lockdown. That is sarcasm. I did want two kids partially to give my kids a sibling and someone to share in their growing up experience. So I totally get that desire. It is hard and a lot of work, especially when they're little. I also think that having more than one kid more or less means that you're signing up for kid centered life, at least until they're out of school. Your life starts to revolve around first their naps, then their school schedules, then activity schedules, et cetera, et cetera. I see you guys as having lots of hobbies and interests. I eat Matt with guitars, podcasts and fixing things. Dory with podcasts and yoga. Well, now, now, okay. now I have many more hobbies. <laughs> Animal Crossing, ma- Mahjong, uh, puzzles, uh, paint by numbers. It just doesn't stop with Dory Shapiro and her hobbies. So just know that you'll have to sacrifice those a lot more than with just one kid. I don't think it's wrong to not want this lifestyle at all. And there's great value in having just the one kid because you sort of get the best of both worlds. In any case, it's not an easy decision. And it's also okay to wonder what if, if you make either decision if you haven't read Cheryl Strayed's The Ghost Ship That Didn't Carry Us I highly recommend it it's a nice way to think it's through the decision title and what you would regret more I will read that just wanted to write in as a mostly happy only child in non-quarantine conditions love you guys and keep on potting best marina and she's in 2100 square feet in Natick Massachusetts oh. formerly a two bedroom apartment in Brookline luckily we moved before all this started two adults two small kids no pets I wonder where the apartment was I wonder if it was over by Washington Square like mine was. Okay. I wonder. There aren't many apartments in Brookline. That's That's not not true. true. There's a ton of apartments in Brookline. Yeah, but they're either on Beacon, Com Ave, or Coolidge or Washington Square. Other than that, it's just giant houses. No, there's Brookline Village. Brookline Village is businesses. That's not true. It is yeah. true. I, I grew up in Brookline. I spend... I think I know Brookline better than you do. I love Brookline more than you do. Also, there's a ton of three-decker houses. So I don't those, think of those as apartments. But they have, they're split up into three apartments. Yeah, I think there's a triplex. Those are still apartments. Get the fuck out of here. They own, they own them. The people who rent from the owners don't own them. Whatever. <laughs> Check. If they live, I think if they live on the premise... Also, you can buy a unit. You can buy a floor. Sure, but it's still an apartment. Look, I guess what I'm saying is right back in. Tell us where you lived. Thank you. <laughs> All right. This, this is the last word on this situation. Did you live by the Whole Foods? This is from Wendell. Hi, Matt and Dory. You wanted to hear from only children. I'm an only child, and it's totally fine. I don't feel like not having a sibling means that anything is missing from my life. I ended up with some step-siblings later in life but didn't grow up with them. Two are much older and I don't know them super well. And the other one who is my age is a Trump supporter and I'm queer and trans. So let's just say we don't talk much. Most of what people typically get from sibling relationships, I get from close friendships. You asked, are you cool or are you weird? Well, I'm an awkward geek. So both, I guess. Seems to be a satisfactory answer. I'm an introvert and I was always good at amusing myself as a child. 
That's coming in handy now. I live alone and have been on lockdown since late March in the UK, and it's actually been pretty great. I've watched a lot of Star Trek and baked a lot of bread and knitted half of several sweaters. But when I had to live with other humans in my early 20s, it was fine. It's not like being an only child meant that I couldn't cope with sharing space or anything like that. And I never had a creepy imaginary friend who got taken over by an alien entity and tried to kill everyone. Well, she, she just didn't understand because she was looking at the world from a child's point of view. So she thought all the grown-ups on the starship were evil. They were mean. They wouldn't let her go wherever she wanted to go. Okay. okay. Thank you. I think you're probably overthinking the sibling question. Whatever you decide, Henry will be fine. He'll grow up knowing that he is loved, and that's what matters. Beyond that, just do what works for you. Wendell in 600-ish square feet in beautiful West Yorkshire. Just me and a cat. Let's take that equation out, the sibling equation out. Okay. So, like, if, you, if, you, if you're only doing it because you want Henry to have a sibling... That's not the only reason why. No, no, I'm saying we're taking that out of the equation. Okay. Let's just discuss it separately from that. Okay. That's offensive. Maybe she's only doing it for that reason, everyone. What? You're very defensive. I'm very tired. Oh, this is the worst time to have this conversation, but yes. it's too bad because we have a microphone and we're doing it. Oh, God. Why do you want to say a kid? We ha- we've had this conversation. I'm saying, but don't so say you times. want Henry to have a sibling. If you, what are the other reasons? I want to. I feel like I have more love to give to another child. I'm right here, baby. I give you a lot of love. Yeah. <laughs> you need more love. I do always. Thank you. You make it hard to love you. <laughs> Yes, I do. You do. What do you mean? You like reject overtures of caring because you want to be so self-sufficient. You don't want anyone to care for you. You want to do all the caring for other people. Yes. Maybe I, that's my problem. Maybe because I want to do that, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm spread thin as it is on the caring. Add another child to this. I don't know what I'm going to do. You need to not take on everyone's burdens and let other people care for you, such as your wife. Disagree. Anyway, back to the question at hand. You have more love to give. Um, I also, like, I, I picture our family with two children. Like, when I picture, like, Thanksgiving 20 years from now, I picture, like, us with more children. Why are you, are you still that not eating meat at that point? TBD. I'm just wondering what you picture. Is there a turkey? There's a turkey. Is I don't know it, if I'm it. Is it like a space it. turkey? No, why would it be a space turkey? Because it's, it's the year 2040. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm like excited at the idea of raising another child. We haven't even raised one yet. I know. I'm still excited at the idea of raising him. I will be excited about the idea of raising him whether or not we have another child. All right. Look, I don't think that really answered any questions for me, but I appreciate it. I, I feel like I think more love like to give and then, like, and then like you picture us with two kids. That's valid. That's new information. I like that. So thank you for sharing that. Like, I also, you know, I think there's also a part of me back when you were so fixated on having a girl. Mm-hmm. That I was, I could like really picture you with a little girl. Yeah. And there's like a, there's a, just like this. I want, I want that to happen. Mm-hmm. I would also be very happy with another little boy. You want, you want me to raise a little hellion who will like punch Henry in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh, poor sweet Henry. Um, all right. Well, another razor baby. <laughs> Henry has razor teeth, and he's really he he's really using them now. Oh, they really really hurt. Um, okay, we're gonna hear one more email that is sort of on this topic, and then we will. Take he did look at me funny when I was like, "I don't care how strong your jaws are. I'm getting this dog food out of your mouth." And he was like really trying to bite down, and I wasn't reacting. He's was like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he likes to take food out of Bo's bowl. We try to prevent that from happening, but sometimes he's just really fast. It's a mystery how to get around it. There's some sort of bow face activation for like turning on an iPhone kind of a thing for opening the food. Oh, yeah. Someone invent that. Thank you. Um, all right. This last email on, these, on this subject is from Remy. 
Hi, I've been a committed listener to the pod since your very first episode. I feel like my family has grown right along with yours as we have faced many of the same setbacks, surgeries, disappointment over retrievals, loss of embryos, etc. only to welcome baby boys at last only eight weeks apart from each other. Our son is nearly 15 months old now, and again, like you, my husband and I are discussing if or when to go back for our only remaining embryo. I desperately want another child, but my pregnancy was extremely difficult. Our birth, a C-section, was terrifying. I had complications with recovery and then months of postpartum depression. My husband is scared to go through it all again, and I don't blame him. I'm scared too, but I want to do it anyway. Am I insane? Sometimes it scares me how much I want another. Before we had our son, I genuinely did not understand the pain of secondary infertility, but now I get it. We got pregnant after five years of infertility, and I thought that having him earthside would finally make our family feel complete. But now that he's here and we are past the difficult newborn stage, my heart aches for another just as badly as it did for our first. I'm absolutely over the moon with my little boy and feel so blessed to finally experience motherhood, but all day, every day, I feel that something is still missing. I always wanted three or four kids. I always imagined myself with a big, busy home. I think about having another child, how or when we could even try to make that possible, all the logistics and money involved, all the risks. It nearly consumes my thoughts just as it did before my first was conceived. Does anyone else feel this way? Yes. The thought of having one more makes my heart sing. My imagination runs wild with all the things my two could experience together. The ways our home would be different, fuller, the fun my husband and I would have getting to see our genetics combined into two separate little people. Would the second look just like his grandpa too, or would they look like someone else? Would they have the same personalities as our son? I think about what kind of big brother my son would be, and it feels invigorating. It makes me so happy and excited to imagine all those things. And when I think of that never happening, I feel gutted. My husband and I are both 36, which I know isn't too old, but it is definitely getting there. I've always had only a handful of eggs retrieved and just one or two or zero normal embryos. I know we have limited time, especially if we need to do another retrieval. I guess I don't really have a question. I just wanted to tell someone who gets it that I'm scared. I'm scared that my husband will say he doesn't think it's smart to have another. I'm scared that even if he agrees our last embryo won't work, I'm scared that we couldn't afford another retrieval. And if we could, that it wouldn't lead us to another child. All that effort and money for nothing but more heartbreak and debt. I'm scared that we are aging out of the possibility to adopt. I'm scared of what another pregnancy would do to my body, my marriage, and my family. I'm scared of what not trying again will do too. It's just also hard and unfair. I know you and your listeners understand. There's no easy or clear way forward for most of us. Every option is lined with the very real possibility of devastating loss in some form or another. I thought that finally being a mom might make my jealousy over my friend's super fertility go away, or at least lessen, but it's only gotten harder as I see them having seconds and thirds with hardly any effort or planning at all for free. Ugh, I guess that's all. And yes, I'm in therapy. I'm just really in the weeds over here and feeling all of it so hard. Thank you for listening and giving me an outlet to let this all out from Remy. Uh, Remy, I, you know, you're, you're much more vehement about this than Dory is. So I really hope you have a second kid. Wow. <laughs> she goes into prose about, about her, 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 her vision of her life and, and all of this. And, 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 and you're just like, I guess I picture Thanksgiving with two kids. I mean, I was going to say, I feel like she articulated a lot of my feelings. That's why she won the award. I'm saying she should absolutely have that second <laughs> child. And I should not. Uh, look, it was an award. Uh, oh, I didn't even realize it was an yeah. award. Okay. All right. Good to know. Um, yes, Remy, I see you. I hear you. I see you. I am you. I feel you. You were her? Yes. You're 36? I wrote this. I live in Ellensburg, Washington. I wish we did. Do you want to move? Yes. But never again, also. Right. (laughs) Like if we could just be magically teleported. Yeah, sure. Well, I guess we'll wait till the technology's here. Okay. So we're not moving until transporter technology. Thank you. Um, Yeah. Way to go, Remy. Thanks. Way to put my writer wife's words into written words. <laughs> well, you kind of put me on the spot. I know, and you're so tired. And I am tired. You're just, you're so, just so much baby brain. I have so much baby brain. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Bye. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Matt just ended the podcast. <laughs> I said bye. <laughs> bye, everyone. <laughs> I felt like a good idea. It felt like that was a proper dismount point. I get it. Um, Bo's barking. More sirens are going. Okay. We also discussed daycare last week because someone called yes. in to ask. Yes. So we heard from a, from a few people on this subject. Hey, Dory, Matt, Henry, and Bo. Sorry for the late email, but on the topic of daycares, uh, Connecticut never mandated a closure, recognizing that childcare is truly an essential service. Even though some centers did close for various reasons, ours has thankfully stayed open the entire time. So our daughter has been able to have some sense of normalcy in her life these past two months. Our daycare serves a lot of doctors, nurses, and similar essential workers, which I'm sure helped them make the decision to stay open. Although they did unfortunately have to furlough some staff as many parents decided to withdraw their children and thus stop paying on their own. To handle the whole safety aspect, our daycare actually started mandating temperature screenings upon entry for all adults and children and wearing masks for all adults, even before the local hospitals required such procedures, which was both reassuring on the daycare side and, well, less so on the hospital side. Mm. They limited the number of children in class groups, increased wiping down surfaces to every hour or even half hour for prime drop-off and pickup times, and have imposed a two-week notice period for any parent wishing to send their children back so they can ensure adequate staffing, PPE, and cleaning supplies. While my wife and I are incredibly thankful for all their hard work the staff and administrators have done to keep our daycare open and our daughter happy, entertained, and safe, we also know that we're fortunate that we can still afford to pay for this privilege. Unfortunately, many parents are now unable to afford care due to job losses or salary reductions, and similarly, many daycares may never be able to safely reopen because of the drop in enrollment, increased cleaning, and other costs and staff shortages. To stop myself from going on a rant, I'll just say that safe and reliable child care shouldn't be a privilege, but available to everyone. Same 3,000-square-foot house in central Connecticut from March that now feels both so much bigger and smaller at the same time. Mike. Mike, thank you for the email. Um... Should we start a daycare just for Henry? <laughs> call it Henry's daycare. Um, and we'll just empty out the front of the house and just fill it with trash barrels for him to play with. Sure. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's what daycare is, right? Kids go play with trash barrels. Yes. Hi, Matt and Dory. I paused the pod after you read an email from new aunt Michelle, who has a brand new nibbling born during COVID. I'm a professional auntie. I have 10 nibblings and it's so hard being away from all of them during this time. Something I've done in the past when I'm far away from my nibblings is send a soft blanket or soft stuffed animal. And you can ask your sibling to call it a hug from auntie Michelle whenever they squeeze it. That's a cute idea. You can also buy children's books that let you record yourself reading it and send it to them so they can hear your voice and you can include a sweet message. Should we just get those for Henry so he can sleep? Like, Henry, here, open this book, and it will just read it to him with our voice. (laughs) And FaceTiming, so they hear your voice and eventually see your face helps. Being apart is hard, but little things like that help. Being an auntie is the best, and soon I hope you can enjoy it to the fullest. Love, Linnea. Henry uh, likes to uh, now just observe the books like they're televisions, where he'll he'll just stand there with his thumb in his mouth and go, "Mm." and then you have to read the book. And then if you stop reading the book, Mm-hmm. You started over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, A is for alligator, B is for bird, C is for cloud, D is for dolphin. Like, I have that all memorized. Like, I've memorized all of his books so that I can actually uh, just show them to him and and close my eyes and read it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Here's a voicemail. Hey, Matt, Dory, Henry, and Bo. I am calling about of Dyson. Um, so if you are looking to get a Dyson and not have to spend the full $5 billion that they charge, they do sell refurbished models, which is what I did. So I was able to get my V8 stick back for about half of what it sold for at the time. I got it for around 200 bucks when at the time it sold for eight, uh, 400 mm. 
and it works perfectly. They still have the warranty on it, and the amount of, as Matt was saying in this past week's episode, the amount of stuff that you get out of the carpet is absolutely <laughs> disgusting. Um, I live with, I live with cats, and it seems like there's a million of them because I live in a 371 square foot uh, studio apartment in Manchester, New Hampshire, uh, with myself, my boyfriend, and my cats. So, um, so it gets plenty of use, and I love it. Uh, the cats don't love it, but yeah. you know they. They're haters, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I hope that all goes well in Matt's first week of work back. And, um, yeah. All right. Everyone stay safe, stay healthy. And, yep. Bye. Manchester. I used to fly into Manchester sometimes. On Southwest? I mean, I don't remember. It's been years. Mm. But Manchester Airport from like Orlando, they had a bunch of flights. If I if I remember correctly, Southwest. Um, yeah, great tip, refurbished Dyson. Thank you. I like you know I'm a big my computer is refurbished. I like a refurbish. Our I like Vitamix a I like a factory refurbish. No, that was about that at uh, from QVC. Oh, how dare you say that about a QVC Vitamix Sorry, I that I bought refurbished. seven years ago? <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, the factory warranty still being on it. It's like, well, what's the difference? It's like buying a certified pre-owned car. Yeah. Okay. What's what's the diff? What is the diff? All right. Do you want to read WT diff. Uh, dear Dory Matt, I've been listening since 2016. I'm in the same year I started a PhD program in Madison, Wisconsin. My first couple of years in the Midwest, I commuted to see my fiance in the Northeast uh, about once a month. And your pod got me through my long bus rides in Chicago traffic on the way to Midway Airport during those difficult years before my partner moved here. Uh, I'm writing a response to the Sunday Scaries episode and the listener who asked for two-person activity ideas in our new normal pandemic. My husband and I both love board games. Since we live a thousand miles away from our families and our friends, we're connoisseurs for good two-person board games. Some of our favorites. Love Letter is a good one. Uh, you're going to pay for a quick, uh, low-commitment game. We played it every evening after dinner on our honeymoon camping in Lake Champlain. Dominion is a double-deck building game. Uh, sorry, is a deck-building game that has many different types of cards, so no game exactly feels the same. We recently acquired Terraforming Mars. And if you're up for a game that will take uh, four hours on a rainy afternoon, it's a good one. My partner and I also used our extra time together uh, in the great cessation. Cessation. <laughs> cessation. Cessation is not a word. <laughs> Recessitation is. Uh, to build and organize our book of favorite recipes and take long walks with our high energy dog and rearrange the furniture in our cramped. See, a problem with Dory and I is we can't leave the house together because Henry needs to be watched. I guess we could take the uh, monitor outside and see how far we could go before the signal cuts and then turn around. Uh, anyway, thanks for the pod. My partner and I and our two-year golden doodle have been co-working from our 800-square-foot apartment since March. We don't know when our family will grow, especially given the uncertainty of the job market, uh, which I plan to go into this fall. But I'm grateful that we have uh, learned from your experiences if we ever face infertility. All the best. Morgan. PhD. Thank you, Morgan, for those game suggestions. Soon to be PhD. Um, if she was going on the job market in the fall, she has her PhD. Mazel. I believe. She could be ABD, but I, I bet she's, she has her PhD. All right. Um, let's hear a voicemail. Hi, Matt and Dory. This is Irina calling from Florida. Um, I had actually emailed you guys back in January because I was wondering if I should tell my parents about the sex of our baby ahead of uh, the baby shower. Um, I was afraid they would gender the baby and stuff. Um, we did end up telling them at the baby shower, and it was a happy, a joyous occasion. Of course, now uh, I'm my baby is eight weeks old, and I never, ever thought that we'd be living through a pandemic um, as I welcomed my first child. And, uh, you know, getting through it has been rough. However, the reason I'm actually calling is because I wanted to answer this week's um, question about what to do uh, as a couple um, to entertain yourselves. And 
I'm calling with a few suggestions. Um, my husband and I really love board games. So we usually used to play with a group of six, uh, which we obviously haven't done since the beginning of the year. But there are some board games that you can do um, just the two of you. And so I wanted to bring those up. Um, so Ticket to Ride, uh, the Europe version is our favorite, but there's also a U.S. version and lots of, like, different country versions are great games. Um, Tiny Towns is a really fun game. Um, there's this new game that we discovered called Photosynthesis, which sounds kind of ridiculous because you're literally, like, growing plants, but it's really fun. Um, there's a game called Azul. There's Disney's Villainous, which is really, really excellent. We have one of the expansion packs, which you can actually also play, um, just the two of you. Like, you don't need the base game for it. Um, there's Settlers of Catan, but they actually are a three-person game. However, there's a two-player version called Rivals for Catan. And same thing goes for Seven Wonders, which is a game we love, but the two-player version is called Seven Wonders Duel. Um, there's also a game called Codenames Duet, which is excellent. Um, there's this really, really intense game called Twilight Struggle, which um, was rated, like, the number one board game for, like, a decade or something. Um, and it's never heard really, of it. Uh, it, it's, it's busy, <laughs> um, but it's only for two people. So it's, you know, if you want to like kill a battery, that's definitely the game to go for. Um, there's actually the Oregon Trail, like little card game, which is really, really fun. Um, and last, but, oh, and there's like, uh, Sushi Go, Exploding Kittens is really good for two players. Um, there's a Cards Against Humanity version that you can look up online how to play with two. And last, uh, oh, and uh, Carcassonne uh, is another one of our favorites. And last but not least, there's actually a game called Pandemic, which is an unfortunate name, but it's actually a really, really fun game. Um, and so we've actually been playing a little bit of that. And there's now a version of Pandemic uh, called Reign of Cthulhu. That's C-T-H-U-L-H-U. Um, and it's a very fun game. And so she called back. Thank God. Hi, this is Irina calling back. Uh, just got cut off, but wanted to add that I live in 1100 square feet in Southwest Florida with a husband and eight week old baby that I'm currently breastfeeding, a very energetic, uh, seven year old border collie and a almost three-year-old uh, cat who just happily killed her very first lizard. Hey. That's a Florida dog. Yeah. Slash cat. cat. That's um, a Florida cat. That was a lot of, a lot of good game suggestions. So many games I had never heard of. Same. I don't even understand how there are so many games out there. Same. I don't know how a game could be board game of the year for 10 years and I don't, I've never heard of it in my you life. you never play board games. Yeah, I get it. But I'm like, I've got my ear to the ground of popular culture. I host podcasts. Now I've heard of it. <laughs> All right. We have one last uh, voicemail about things to do. Hey, Matt and Dory. This is Scarlett calling again. I called yesterday about the picnic air that Dory was dealing with. Um, sorry if I sound muffled. I'm wearing a mask because we I'm at work uh, taking care of some fruit flies. Yay. Anyways, <laughs> I was calling to uh, respond to the listener who's trying to think of things to do with her husband during quarantine. Um, my boyfriend and I are also struggling with this, but I think we found some fun things to do together. <laughs> uh, one thing is we bought some painting supplies and have been trying to paint in the Bob Ross style, which <laughs> uh, has been really fun and relaxing. So if you're into that, that's great. I would do um, that. There's also a really fun uh, two-plus person game if you're a fan of Harry Potter. <laughs> um, I think it's called Hogwarts Battle, but it's basically a cooperative game where mm -hmm. you're not playing against the person. You're playing as a team and trying to basically defeat the board game. And it's really cool because it kind of builds on each year. So each year is like its own story or its own game. And then the next year you play and it just like builds on top of each other, which is fun. Um, we also both like to drink. <laughs> so we've been uh, coming up with new cocktail recipes, um, trying oh, out on your different own. kinds of wine, um, also pairing that with uh, picnics. 
like scouting out secluded areas near our house where we can just have a nice picnic. Um, we've also played a few video games. I'm like Dory. I cannot deal with first-person shooters. I'm so awful. Um, but we have played uh, Mario Golf, which is surprisingly really fun. Um, also some puzzle games, which I'm pretty so bad at, but my boyfriend switch? is pretty good at, and I also feel like I can help Great them question. sometimes with know. them. Uh, one of them is called Baba is You. I don't know. They're like logic puzzles. Oh, that sounds um, fun. But anyways, I hope that some of these I'll ideas help. You. I'm so much um, more logical. Yeah. You're on. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get back to those flies. Bye, guys. Good luck with your fly genocide, Scarlet. <laughs> um... Some more great ideas. Yeah, I mean, I'm intrigued by Mario Golf. Try to remember, like, why wouldn't I have purchased that on the on this? Well, well I can't get the switch out of Dory's hand now. It's uh, it's uh, Animal Crossing City for her. Yep. Island, I mean. Bolandia. Bolandia, it's adorable. <laughs> Thank you. Finally, did something that Matt chuckled at. Honey, you do things I chuckle at. Yeah, but you're at usually at least once a year chuckling at me. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Well, <laughs> chuckling at you is like every day you're right with you once a year yeah so sure. i got my once a year <laughs> chuckle um all right well that brings us to the end of this here episode thank, thank you, you all so much um bye oh okay i keep saying bye prematurely we on hope this everyone's hanging in there um we read all the patreon names last week so there's no patreon names this week we will do some more and those patrons names. boy oh boy if you ever wanted to know about tato park Oh my goodness. Head over to the Patreon, listen to that last podcast, Greg Watchhorn. What it's, a man. What a man. What a what a mellifluous voice. I was like really confused about this whole concept of a potato chip themed amusement park in Ireland. <laughs> I was like, it's only roller coaster and uh boy oh boy. Greg Watchhorn came through. <laughs> he hasn't been. It's about an hour north of Dublin. There's more to find out. <laughs> um you can find that out at patreon.com slash excellent adventure. Uh, you get the whole back catalog of Patreon episodes if you support us there, plus the one to two bonus episodes per month. And you get your name read on the podcast each month if you support us at the $5 level or above. Yes. So thank you. Thank you all. Stay all. safe out there. And, uh, and by that, I mean, uh, let's remember, COVID's still out there, everyone. That's true. Wear a face mask. All right. Hug a loved one. Yep. If you live in the same household. And be cool to each other. Yes. That's the best advice I can give. Jerry Springer said it best. <laughs> All right. When, when, you, start, when said, you start quoting Jerry Springer, it's he said, to, I believe he ended every episode by saying, and be good and be kind, be good to each other or be kind to each other. All right. Which, you know, he's not wrong. On. Okay. Bye. Bye.